This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and uh, joined this week uh, by Dave Wilson, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness with the Ontario SPCA. Dave, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Kevin. It's, it's great to have you, not just because of your wealth of knowledge, but you're, uh, you're truly one of the all-around good guys walking around the building here. Appreciate so, it. Thanks very, so much. Very, very happy to have you here. Um, talking about a topic today that a lot of people ask us about, uh, not a fun topic, but uh, one that, that um, I'm going to enjoy tackling with you, and that's dealing with the loss of a pet. Everybody, um, well, most animal lovers, have had to go through that ordeal at some point in their life of losing a pet, and uh, we want to talk about that today. So, um, starting with that, I guess I'm wondering the stages of grief. Are there specific stages of grief for the loss of a pet? Is it the same? Or is grieving the same whether it's for a person, uh, a thing, a place? Grieving is universal, really, um, and you'll get some people. I mean, there's, there's. If you look at the classic model, you know, we go back to the um, people will probably hear the name Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Um, so the classic five stages of grief, um, where you deal with uh, denial, anger, uh, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Um, you'll you'll go through some of those uh, just as you lose a person. You'll go through that when when you lose a pet as well. Um, the, probably the most important thing about grief is is uh, the grieving experience is unique to each person and everyone goes through it differently and I think we have to acknowledge that everyone uh, goes through it differently and and support them in that sense that everyone's allowed to go through it differently. You know, there's no wrong way of grieving. Uh, whatever it is that you're feeling at this point in time, you're feeling that and, and you know, the best thing we, a lot of times we can do is just validate it because it's it's real. For that person, whatever they're feeling right now is real. Okay. So there's, I think, a stigma. I don't think we see it as much because everyone working at the Ontario SPCA, we get it. We love animals. We're all here for the same mission. But I think there's a stigma. Once in a while, people that have lost a pet, they almost feel embarrassed for the level of grief that they're encountering. And yep. they feel as though they can't let on that they're having that much trouble uh, with with the fact that they've lost, whether it's a cat, a dog, a hamster, whatever the case may be. Yep. So I, I think uh, I want to set that straight in this broadcast is that people shouldn't feel it's silly that they're dealing with this because as you've just said, grief is grief and it's unique to the individual, right? Absolutely. The, you know, part of the biggest problem is that society rewards um, stoicism and and lack of emotion. Um, people who are considered tough and uh, coping well with it are the ones that can mask their feelings. And, and honestly, that's one of the biggest lies that's out there. Um, in reality, society also punishes us when we show strong emotion that a lot of times other people will look at and sometimes it bothers them because one, it reminds them of an experience that they went through uh, with their own life, with their own experience. Um, and a lot of times they'll see grief or the expression of grief as being inappropriate. But again, like, like we, we said before, is, is for the person that's going through it, whatever it is that they're in that moment, they're in that moment. You just need to support whatever it is that's in there. It's interesting you bring up, you know, the fact that, that you know, staff and volunteers associated with our organization uh, would normally be expected to be to be better at, at handling or, or dealing with grief. But the interesting thing about it is that even people that work here, 
um, so much of their own experience with with grief is is based on past memories or or past experiences, especially childhood experiences and childhood memories. And even as a kid, if they were taught that, you know, don't show it, suck it up, um, uh, showing emotions is a sign of weakness, don't be a weakling, don't don't be a wuss, you know, that kind of thing. Um, even people that work here, a lot of times will occasionally say dumb things. I mean, you'll still hear people. It's not. It's not from anything other than uh, just their own discomfort and their own lack of just not knowing what to say. And they'll even say things like, "Well, yeah, but you still have two other cats at home." Well, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. But the bottom line is, I still lost this dog, and that that is to me is the most real thing that I'm going through right now. It's interesting that, that, you, that you bring that up. But people, because of their own past experiences, a lot of times have blockages from actually uh, being able to to support other people that are going through this. Huh. So ignoring it, if if you're dealing with this, bottling it up and ignoring it, likely going to make things worse, right? You'll you'll start to see. I mean, if you bottle it up, you'll start to see physical signs. You'll you'll physically start to be ill with it, um, and and that can be something as simple as, um, you know, like recurring headaches, things like that. Um, you know, that feeling of that queasiness, that nausea. Um, lack of sleep and so everything that goes along with not being able to sleep properly um, those those will actually you know physical signs will start to manifest itself um, and usually what happens is the the more you bottle it up and the longer you bottle it up it's going to have to it's got to come out somehow okay. and and either you'll you'll let it out in a way that you're um, voluntarily acknowledging and letting it out or it's going to let itself out and and usually when it lets itself out it's going to let itself out in very unhealthy coping mechanisms and very unhealthy ways actually okay uh, based on an answer you just gave me I think I think I know the answer to what I'm about to ask but one of the people that follows me on Twitter had asked a question about how long can they expect to grieve but it sounds to me like what you said around every person's grieving is an individual experience that you can't put a timeline on that right that's an excellent question yeah and and that's a very good point is some people some people can can get to the stage of, of acceptance and that sense of inner peace and inner calmness uh, in, a, in a matter of weeks. And for other people, it can be months, um, especially this time of year that, that we're approaching the holiday season now. This is uh, a really, really important time for people that have lost a pet that uh, maybe was present at last year's Christmas or Hanukkah celebrations or New Year's celebrations and isn't with them this year. And that's uh, sometimes a really painful reminder, especially around, you know, family activities. Um, uh, let's say putting up the tree and all of a sudden there's that one little decoration that the cat always insists on knocking off the tree and suddenly it all comes welling up and it comes back to them. Um, they could have lost their cat back in the springtime, back in March or April, but now all of a sudden in that moment it suddenly becomes very real again. And and so you know they may have thought, well, I'm, I'm past it and, and I'm moving on. In reality, there's still points you'll find where you, you've got blockages that you just have to acknowledge the fact that things occasionally are going to feel overwhelming and accept the fact that that is is going to happen for you. Okay, so you're referencing acknowledging it and accepting it. Do you have other advice for people that are dealing with this grief? Like, do you have a tactic or something that you can tell people that'll help them get through this? You know what, talking is always is always yeah. a great one. Communication. And, yeah, and, and the, I think the thing that people uh, are worried about talking is that if I share how I'm feeling and I share the emotions, um, especially if they've tried it maybe with one or two people who may have not had a pet in their life and so don't 
appreciate uh, what the person that's grieving is going through. They may have been uh, rebuffed. They may have been, uh, you know, brushed off. And they think, I said, I tried saying, I tried talking to one person about it and I got brushed off. You know what? I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to talk to anyone else. That's, That's the worst thing you can do. The big thing is, is talk about it. Realize the fact that other people are out there, that not everyone copes the same way. Not everyone's gone through this. But when you do connect and find someone else that, uh, you just make that connection, you know, you'll just start talking and all of a sudden they'll say, you know, that happened with me or something similar happened with me. You make that connection with them. That's the person to share with because they're going to appreciate what it is you're going through. Okay. So that's for the individual dealing with that loss. Um, I think in my situation, I've got daughters and I have cats and my uh, cats are about 12 years old. So Uh, Knocking on wood at some point, unfortunately, uh, my daughters are going to have to deal with the loss of their cats. And I dread it because I think I'm going to be a a mess when my cats pass, but I'm going to have to put on that brave front for my children. So how do you, do you have any special advice for parents that are coping with that loss or helping a child cope with that loss? It's it's a really good point you bring up right at the get-go is putting on that brave front and a lot of times I think kids are a lot more perceptive and a lot more aware. Um, we'll see this especially with um, uh, situations of domestic strife and, and even situations where, where it becomes extreme with domestic violence is that kids are, are painfully very aware of, of situations of negative emotion going on within kind of the family unit or the family dynamic. Um, there are times, yeah, when, when you know you do have to be the dad and you do have to put on the brave front, but there's other times when uh, for the child at an age-appropriate level, you can also share with them uh, a little bit of, you don't want to overwhelm them, but mm-hmm. you can also share with them how it's affecting you as well. Um, one of the biggest things with kids is finding that outlet, finding that way that gets them to also um, deal with the grief and, and process it. And for a lot of kids, that may not be talking. You know, a lot of um, a lot of kids can't. Sometimes it just with the really, really young children, they just they don't quite have the verbal skills or they don't have the language skills to articulate what it is that that gut feeling that they're feeling. But you know what? Uh, they may not be able to say it, but maybe they they're able to draw it. Maybe they're able to make um, a little video. Maybe they're able to put a, a collage of photos together. Realize that again, just like you're going through the different stages of grief in different time frames, so are they. Okay. Um, and they may have times when uh, you know they're they're dealing with things quite quickly. It may seem that they um, brush off something, or you know they may appear to be fine. You don't get fooled by appearances is is one thing, and and realize that um, you know a lot of times I'll say to parents is is one of the key things is use your your network that you have right there. If the kids go to school. That may be a great opportunity to check in with your teacher uh, mm-hmm. and just let them know what's going on in the family. Chances are the teacher may notice something because the kid may be acting out a little bit or maybe uh, a little off in terms of their, their school behavior or school personality. Check in with the teacher uh, and kind of let them know what's going on. Is it, is it smart to go out and replace that pet right away? There's no stock answer with that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough one. Um, because one of the things we'll find an awful lot is people that do go and replace the pet very quickly um, oftentimes fall into um, 
the problem of comparison, where they'll end up inevitably comparing the new pet to the old pet. And especially if they try and go and get another dog exactly the same breed right. or a cat that looks, you know, another orange tabby with a little white spot on his nose and he looks just like the other one they had. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times that comparisons. And one of the, one of the, uh, hard things about doing that comparison is it's uh, it's unfair to the memory of the pet that's passed. Sure. It's unfair to the experience of the new pet. They have a right to basically be and have their whole experience with you yeah. as that new family member. And by comparing them to that to that animal that you've lost uh, is, is really unfair to their new experience being in your life. So a lot of times we'll find that people may want to replace the pet very quickly, but the the slippery slope you find is that uh, oftentimes there's an awful lot of comparison that goes on with it and so you know a lot of times everyone everyone's going to find the need to have that that new animal in their life and and whether it's the a same type of animal or something completely different you're going to find that 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 time frame is going to have to be right for what it is for you okay is is there official help out there for people that are dealing with the loss of a pet yeah, I mean, locally, we're, we're quite fortunate. The, uh, the Ontario Veterinary College uh, offer a, a pet loss support line. Um, it's volunteer staffed. Uh, so I, I believe now the, the time frame is, is you won't get an, uh, an instant answer when you call. You do to leave a name and, and contact information. They usually, though, will return your call within 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically is, is a service that's uh, provided. It's free of charge. There's, there's no fee for it. But it's an opportunity for you to express what you're feeling in a very non-judgmental environment. Uh, with someone who appreciates what it is that, that you're expressing, what it is that you're feeling. Um, you can contact the, the university's uh, main number. It's 519-824-4120, and you just dial extension 53694. You can also email them. It's just pet loss, all one word, pet loss at uoguelph.ca, University of Guelph, uoguelph.ca. Um, they will call you back within within 72 hours. Um, the other thing is if you start to get that feeling where either you're feeling overwhelmed or uh, someone in your life, you appreciate the fact that you think they are starting to feel overwhelmed. If you're within the GTA, call 311 uh, for uh, some of the uh, crisis management or crisis community services. Um, if you're outside the GTA, every uh, health unit will have contact information for crisis Crisis. support lines. And you can call uh, in the blue pages, you just call your your local public health unit or public health service, uh, and they can set you up with with someone who can uh, can get you in touch with a, a crisis community support or crisis support line. All really good resources. Excellent. Listen, uh, Dave Wilson, Director of Health, uh, I'm sorry, Director of Shelter Health and Wellness. Uh, so glad you could join us today. A wealth of knowledge, and I would love it if you would join us again so we can talk about some other topics with you down the road sometime. Happy to do it. I'd be, that'd be a wonderful opportunity. Thanks. Excellent. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for sharing. We're so fortunate so many of you have been sharing our broadcasts on your blogs, uh, on Twitter, on your Facebook, and, and we really appreciate it. Thank you to all of our supporters. If you have ideas about show topics, you can uh, catch me on Twitter, at Kev the Grad, or you can uh, email me at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Thanks for tuning in to Animals Voice Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. 
Animal's Voice podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animal's Voice.